Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. The title of my message is Don't Yield to Offense. Everybody say that. Say, don't yield to offense. When you talk about offense, the Greek word for offense means scandalon, and it has to do with the part of the trap that holds the bait. Um, have you ever seen a mouse trap? And you take that little piece of cheese and you put it in there, and it's on that stick, if you will. That's when when the mouse comes to to get the bait, to get the bait out of there, caught hurt, wounded, killed. I remember I watched this on the Discovery Channel, I believe it was, and I saw on there, um, you know, it it was showing a tribe of of people and they were gathered and, and they had a cage and they were trying to catch monkeys, okay? And what they would do is they would take that cage and in the middle of the cage, they would drop uh, uh, something that the, that the monkey wanted, you know, a banana, something that that monkey really wanted to get to, wanted to eat, you know, and hold on to it, okay? And so then they would close the door and the monkey couldn't get in, but the monkey could stick its hands through the bars and it could pick up that, uh, the food that was placed in there, the bait, if you will, that was placed in there. Well, okay, so he, uh, the monkey picks it up and he holds on to it. And here comes, you know, people from the tribe with clubs and everything, and they're on their way and they're going to kill the monkeys. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to kill those monkeys. And the whole time, that monkey could let go at any time, let go of the banana or whatever it was in there that they really wanted, but they didn't do it. And the tribal people came with those clubs while the monkey was standing there squealing and screaming, and they killed the monkey, but it still wouldn't let go of the bait. And see, that's sometimes the way that Christians are. We're offended, bless God, they hurt me. I've got every reason in the world I'm going to hold on to this. You know, this, they hurt me badly, whatever the case may be. And the whole time, the devil's got you holding the bait. And he's on his way with a club to destroy your life if he can. Because many people, when, when they yield to, to that offense and, and, and give in to the things that happen to every one of us in life and, and give in to that, again, remember, it is a trap that is being set for us. And God wants us to live free of offense. Now, you, you understand what offense is. It's when someone does something to you and it hurts you, it wounds you. You don't like what they did. The first thing you want to do is you want to hold it against them. They, you know, they come to you to talk to you. Well, you don't want to have, you just give them the cold shoulder because you didn't like what they did. Except maybe they don't even know what they did. But that's okay because you, you've got your right. You've got the blue marks to prove it. But see, you, you can't yield 
to the offense. You've got to handle it God's way. If you walk in the spirit, and see, that's what we've got to do when it comes to that spirit of offense and, and, and things that happen in our life that we get offended. On your job, you can be offended. In church, you can be offended. Can you believe it? Say it ain't so. A person gets in an area and things just maybe aren't going the way that it, it, that it needs to be. Maybe they're not matched up with their gifting or they just don't, you know, they're not following guidelines or, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, just some things are not going right. And so as leadership, the, the leaders here, uh, a head coach who is over an area or a coach that is in that area, they have to step in and they have to, you know, gently, you treat people gently. You know what I'm saying? You, you don't, you use respect and, and treat people right and you're kind, but you have to go in and you have to set things right that are not right. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody with the right mind knows that, except when it comes to church sometimes and you start to do that and you want to set some things in order and you need to go in and cause an area to be able to be more fruitful and more productive and that kind of thing, and then you go in and as gently as you, you can, um, you know, just uh, share what needs to happen and tell what has gone on maybe, uh, and you, you do that and it, it, people will get offended anyway. Well, bless God, if you don't want me around here, I'll just go on. We want you, we need you, but we just need to make a little adjustment. Have you ever had to make an adjustment? I've had to make adjustments. I find out real quick what doesn't work, and I don't want to repeat that again. Do you? No, I don't either. So, you know, in church life, people, you know, they can get offended, and we don't need to cling to offense. We need to release it, because when you cling to offense, that's where death and destruction is, in offense. Now, listen to this in Proverbs eighteen nineteen out of the NIV. Are you ready for it? Yes. An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city, and disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel, a fortress, or a castle. Now, isn't that graphic? It's saying uh, once a brother is offended and they let that spirit of offense get in, they're unyielded. They're like a fortified city where you can't penetrate and you can't get in. You need to speak the word, but the word won't go in. You need to speak the truth. You need to love them, but it won't go in because they're like a fortified city. They're unyielding. When I, when I saw that scripture, an offended brother is unyielding. When I see that, that reminds me of someone who is stubborn, somebody who's rebellious, and folks, that can be us. I'm not just talking about someone else. We can let ourselves get in that situation too, where we are, are, are unyielding. We won't give in. We won't say, yes, that's right. We won't say, yes, I could improve. We won't say, yeah, maybe I did have something to do with the problem. Relationships, see, when I talk about offense, I want you to hear me, okay? When I talk about offense uh, and, 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 you know, don't 
give in to the offense and that kind of thing. I'm not saying that you live a passive life. I'm not saying that you live a life where you can't speak up and you can't make decisions and you can't, you know, live forward. Yes, you can, because if you have a relationship, every relationship, you're going to have issues at one time or another. Can I hear a big amen from husbands and wives? Amen. It's true. But you see, so when I say, you know, I'm not just talking about just cower down and just take it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying handle the offense biblically. You do need to talk things over with one another. You know, whether it is a spouse, whether it is a child in your family, whether it is in your church, whether it is on your job. I've seen so many people in the workplace, and I'm not just talking about here. I've worked in other places, obviously. And, and they'll go to work for a company, and they're hired to do a certain thing. And they agree to do what the responsibilities call for in that position. And I mean, they just buck up and get offended if somebody comes and says, now remember, you know, this is here and this was your responsibility and you're supposed to, to handle, and they just get offended, just, what do you mean? You're trying to tell me? Yeah, yeah, I'm the supervisor and I'm trying to tell you. See, in a place of employment, that's what I'm talking about. And we can get that spirit of offense on us, and it doesn't matter the slightest little thing. We just got this little chip on our shoulder, and we're just waiting for someone to come and just tap it a little bit. And then, I dare you. You know, we need to live a life that's surrendered to the Lord, that's submitted to the Lord, and submitted to one another. Submit yourselves one to another. Well, I've got to have the, I've got to have the last word. Well, you might have the last word, but you might destroy a relationship. So weigh it out, which is the most important. Win or keep the relationship. Sometimes you have to swallow real hard and just say, you know, this battle is not worth it. And we need to learn that in marriages. We need to learn that. I just drop it. That's not that important to me. I'm going to choose my battles. Everybody say, choose battle. Choose. That's right. Choose your battle. Choose what you're going to, you know, get into a discussion about. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But, but see, a brother is more, uh, that is offended is unyielding. And that is a dangerous place to be. Well, bless God, this is the way I've been for 50 years and I'm going to continue to be this way. But you know what I have to say to that? I've been a certain way maybe for a lot of years, but I'm ready to change when I see it in the Bible and I see that it's best for me and it's best for everybody else. I want to yield to God. And let that penetration of the word get through the bars of my life and change me. You know, we're all raised in certain ways in your family. You know, you, you may be raised in a family. And uh, in that family, uh, uh, you know, maybe you, you've got people in the family that, uh, you know, you just kind of have to tippy-toe around. You know what I'm saying? You, you know if you just say the wrong thing, you're going to set them off. You, you know if you just, 
don't do everything perfectly, you're going to set them off. Don't you hate that? I don't want to be that kind of person. I really don't. I, you know, I'm real, just like everybody else, and you make mistakes and that kind of thing, but but I don't want to be the type of person that everybody's having to tiptoe around to see what, what is she going to do? What, is she going to blow up? I've been around people and that's the hardest thing in the world because you don't know when they're going to blow up. And offense and anger go together. Did you know that? The Bible says don't go let the sun go down on your wrath. The, wrath to me is a blazing fit of anger. And he said, don't go to bed like that. Some people have to stay up all night. <laughs> I'm going to obey the word. Well, don't repent, whatever you do, you know, don't get it right, whatever you do. Just obey that though. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, it's talking about here, this scripture in the NIV, Proverbs 18, 19. It says um, that the offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city and disputes are like the barred gates of a citadel, fortress, or castle. In other words, those bars are up there and uh, they keep us and they hold us hostage. That's what the bars do. And, and, and see, many times we think that we build those walls, those bars up to protect us, you know, so nobody will get in there and hurt us. But what we don't know is when we're an offended brother and we walk like that, the walls are actually holding us captive. They're not protecting us at all. All it's doing is building a cocoon and a shell around a person's heart and life that will cause them to be a prisoner of Satan. Now that to me is eye-opening. I don't know about to you. Amen? I, I remember uh, going to Israel the first time and we came to the Dead Sea and before I ever saw it, I smelled it. You know, it was stagnant, you know, area where it didn't have, I guess, tributaries and, and ways to, you know, to flow out and that kind of thing. And, and that's kind of, you know, when we get in that fortified place uh, and, and the bars are up, and we're trying to, you know, to put this cocoon around ourselves, but we're unyielding and we've got offense, um, and it stinks. It stinks too. Just like the Dead Sea, it stinks. It's not, it's not a good thing. And so we have to deal with it. Now, why does offense come? Does offense make an announcement and say, da-da-da-da-da-da, I have arrived. I am offense and I am knocking at your door. No, it's insidious. And it gets in there and worms its way into your life and you think, how in the world did it even get here? It's, it's like a seed planted, you know, it begins to grow and fester in your life. Why does the offense come? It comes to, uh, to disrupt your communion with the Lord. That's one of the reasons. It comes to disrupt it. So if he can come in through uh, a brother, 
uh, in the Lord, if it can come in through a spouse or a family member, an employee or employer, however it can come in, it's all meant to disrupt your communion with the Lord. Now listen to this. The Bible talks about if you hate your brother, you are a murderer. Now think about that. So, you know, a Christian, even a carnal Christian, any Christian cannot hate and cannot walk in offense toward other people and get by with it. You can't. That's not, that's not something that is permissible. Now, the Bible says if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. So, that's how the disruption happens with your relationship with God. Then why does offense come? The next thing is to destroy your relationships. Offense comes to destroy your relationships. You know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Relationships, we all need it. God made us in that way. You know, even if someone, if, they're, if they live alone and that kind of thing, you know, if you're in the body of Christ, you should be mixing and mingling in some way with the body of Christ because God made us to connect in that way. You know, you can't say to the, you know, the, 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 a hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you because you know why? You really do. And on and on, whatever part of the body that you are, you need one another. And so we need the relationships with other people. And so if the enemy can come in with a spirit of offense and, uh, and get you and you become unyielding and you hold on to that bait and you're not going to release it and you're not going to let it go, then at that point in time, then your relationships will start deteriorating. Obviously, the one uh, where you have the offense against someone, but it just doesn't live there. You remember in Hebrews, and it talks about there that when there's a root of bitterness, and see, listen to me, when you get into offense, you get into unforgiveness, which will lead you into bitterness, and the Bible says a root of bitterness will take hold of you, and it will defile many. I don't know about you, but I don't want that happening to me. And you know what a root is in a tree. I know I was out walking the other day and I was with somebody and we were going through uh, a park here in the city, a beautiful area. And uh, I noticed that a lot of the trees, I mean, they had huge roots that were up on top of uh, the ground and those trees were huge. And you know, so when roots, when they start to dig in, they go deeper, wider, broader, they get stronger and this big tree grows up out of that. And see, that's what can happen through offense and bitterness getting into it. We don't mean for that to happen. We didn't plan for that to happen. But you see, this is how the, this kind of thing can go on. And so the enemy through offense wants to disrupt your communion with God. And he also wants to destroy your relationships. You know, I've mentioned marriage and let's just talk about that. You know, what stronger union is there than a husband and wife? What stronger union is there? <coughs> 
I used to do marriage teaching and I would call it God's unbeatable team, the husband and wife, God's unbeatable team. And together, you can stand together, you have power in agreement, you can believe God, you can accomplish more as you stand together and united in your marriage. So why doesn't the enemy get in there. He, wa- he does want to get in there, doesn't he? In your relationships, if you've got a good friend, and maybe you've had a friend for a long period of time, and all of a sudden they just do something, and it just miffs you. Have you ever been miffed? Well, we all have. But you see, remember what I said a minute ago, weigh it out. Weigh it out. Is making your point more important? Now, I'm not talking about being a wimp and, you know, everybody running over you. That's not the point. But I think sometimes that we have to stand and we have to make our point and we have to get across what we think is important. Now, are there times for that? Yes. But not in everything, in every conversation, you know, because then what'll, what'll happen is there'll just be a lot of friction. And I don't know about you, but if I get in a relationship and there's a lot of friction all the time, I just don't want to be around it because I don't want to deal with it. Do you? There's enough problems in life than dealing with somebody that, you know, wants to fuss and fight all the time. Let's get along. Can't we just get along? <laughs> what about it? I think we can, don't you? So, destroying your relationships with your family, um, with friends, um, in your church, and all of that kind of stuff. It, and you know what? You know how it, it affects everything. It, 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 it does, just doesn't live in relationships. It'll affect your finances. It'll affect everything. If things start getting cut off in your life, start doing some checks. I've learned that. Start doing some checks. Okay, those finances are not what they need to be. Let's see what's going on here. God, are you trying to tell me something? Do I need to look at something in my life? And then once I do that, okay, then we'll look outside of there. All right? Now, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm not going to turn you there, but I love the story of David and Goliath. And everybody is, you know, you know that story. And David is a young man, and he's got a lot of boldness and a lot of courage. But he's just a young man, and he has older brothers. And uh, his dad, Jesse, one day told him, I want you to go down to where your brothers are. I want you to take them lunch, something to eat, take it down there to them. Now, you're too young. You're not going to get in that battle, but your brothers are down there and they're going, you know, they're going to take care of the situation. And everybody's down there, you know, Saul the king is down there um, and um, all the Israelites are there, the Philistines. I mean, they are just... Uh, Goliath and, and the Philistines are just throwing out all kinds of threatenings. You can, what do you think you're going to do to us? You can't do anything to us. Who do you think you are? But David spoke up and he said, we have a covenant with God and God will help me and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take your head off. You know, and, and, and if you look up you know, some of the descriptives that, uh, that are talking about Goliath, uh, one of them, I really liked it. It called him a blue ribbon winner. De- the devil's got blue ribbon winners, but I tell you what God's got. Men and wa- women full of the word of God, full of the power of God, yielding to God and yielding to his word. 
David was out there that day, took that lunch down there, his older brother. He came up, you know, his brother was in a group and he started asking the group, now what's going to happen to the man who, who takes down this giant, this blue ribbon winner of the Philistines? What's going to happen to that? that guy. And then they start saying, well, I tell you what, you know, they're going to get the king's daughter, going to get money and blah, 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 blah. And Eliab just looks at David and he's the elder brother of David. And he looks at him and he said, who do you think you are, you little whippersnapper? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, essentially, you know, essentially that's, that's what he was doing. But I, I have learned so much in my life from that story about David. David didn't stand there and get offended at what his brother said, argue about it. He didn't do any of that. Do you know what the Bible says? Now get this. The, the, own, the words in the Bible say, say that he turned himself. In other words, the offense was at the door but he wasn't taking the bait and he just began to turn and he began to talk to the men that he could talk to and that he could say the words of faith that he had in his heart that God had called him to do. And he wasn't just trying to be a big show off. He had the spirit of God on him. He had the anointing of God to take down the giant. But if he had got caught up with the alive that day, we might not have been reading about David. I don't know. But he had to turn from that. There are times, folks, that we have to turn from things offense that comes, relationships where the battle is on. Sometimes, and, and I'm going to tell you something, turning at least until you can get a hold of yourself, because I've been in situations and it's a good thing that I didn't have the opportunity because I would have said some things that I would have been really sorry for and sorry about. Have you ever been there? That's right. I know Eddie, I remember one day we got a telephone call, uh, you know, from someone and, and they had just, they had just been really offensive. <laughs> they had been really offensive and they were calling and, 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 you know, Eddie is, you know, he's going to pick up the phone. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> and I just walk over and I just hang the phone up. We're going to we had to look at this another day. You know, you know what I'm saying? And I've been in situations and it's like I would just be livid. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to get this straight. But yet at the same time, I've got something restraining and pulling me back. See, that's what's so good about a husband and wife, too. You can help each other. You can hang the phone up. <laughs> Who knows what he's had to do for me? I'll let him tell his story about that. I don't know. <laughs> but it's very, very important to make sure that we don't give in and allow that offense to pull us in because remember, just like the example I gave you, the bait is there and the trap is just ready to fall down. I'm not getting caught in that trap. Amen? 
Once the enemy knows what offends us, he will send it our way to lure us into the trap. Now, some things, you know, that you might get offended by, to me, it's just like water that rolls off a duck's back. You know, you do, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna bother me. But the things that really get to me, see, the same way with you, doesn't bother you at all. So you just have to understand that and be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, as the scripture says, amen? Now, people commit offenses, they commit them on purpose. A lot of people, they wanna hurt other people. They've been hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Did you know that? Hurt people who've been hurt you take an, a, someone, a child that's been abused many times. If they don't do something about it, what do they, they could end up being abusers too. But thank God, a lot of people, you know, get, get help and get direction, get their minds renewed to the Word of God, and don't, don't repeat that. But some people, they're going to commit offenses, and they could care less that they do. And then there's other people that are going to uh, cause offense and they're oblivious to it. They don't even know that it happened. And yet I've seen people that, you know, I've even had people come to me, well, I know that they don't like me. I, I was walking down the hall and they just turned their head and wouldn't even look at me. I said, well, why, why are they upset with you? Why? you know, what is it, you know, what have, what's happened to cause the offense to be there? Well, I don't know, but I just feel it. I can, I can feel it. And then you go talk to somebody and it's like, upset. I didn't even, I didn't even see them. Why? Because they were preoccupied. Maybe they're going through troubles in their life. Maybe there's difficulties that are going on and they're not the friendliest or, or you know, have that on their mind at that time. So see, you know, you have to watch that. You have to watch that you come up with these ideas. Well, they don't really like me. Sometimes we don't like people for whatever reason. I remember this one girl in high school. You'll get a, Eddie will get a kick every now and then. He'll remind me of this. But she was in high school and, and um, with me. She was a little bit older than me. But she would just say, she just thinks she's something because she has high eyebrows. Right. Yeah. She just thinks, I did too, I needed to tell that. See, I guess she was offended because I had high eyebrows, I don't know. <laughs> Now that I have sufficiently got it off track, let's get back on again. Let's turn to Matthew uh, 18 and verse number 15. You do have a defense for offense, okay? Verse number 15 of Matthew 18. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one uh, or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, it's very interesting to me 
that most people must not know that that scripture is in the Bible. And I'll tell you why. Because they're running around everywhere telling anyone who will listen, telling, you know, brother so-and-so and and sister so-and-so, and this can happen on the job, church, it can happen anywhere. They go around telling everybody about the offense and how they've been hurt and how they weren't treated right and they should have done this and they should have done that. And see, that's very unscriptural to go and start telling everybody those kinds of things. The Bible says when there has been an offense that you perceive, you go to them when there's that offense and you talk to them to try to get it worked out. And then when that doesn't, if that didn't get it worked out, then get someone else. Now, should you, well, I'm going to get my best buddy that would agree with me no matter what I said. (laughs) That's not the point. The point is someone who is unbiased, who will be spiritual and who will listen and who will judge one way or the other. And you, you have to be open to what they're going to say. If they come in there and they say, well, I think you need to do this and I think you need to do that. And you, you might be thinking, well, my bud, they're just going to say it's all the other person. See, but you got you to do it right. If you, if you, you do it by the scripture and, and you go to someone and you try to get it worked out. You don't go screaming and yelling and uh, accusing. You don't do any of that. You don't go mad in unkindness and that, you know, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. People can be inflamed. They can be so mad. They can have anger and and where it's shooting fire out of their eyes, so to speak. And if you will not get into that with them and you will calm your voice down and you will get yourself in a place to where you don't respond that way, you can help relieve and calm the situation. Can all the husbands and wives say amen? amen. It, see, you know, I'm not just, I'm talking about any relationship. It doesn't matter what it is. Same thing on the job, you know. Whatever it is, you you can calm it down. Soft answer turns away rest. So that tells you then how you deal with it. Okay, and there's more, but I'm not going to go into that because I I believe that suffices, um, you know, to to bring an answer here and, and what's scriptural. Now, I want you to remember this the next time that offense comes to you. I want you to remember these things. I know it's not the first time that you've heard it. I know that. But let's remember that in the last days, many are going to be offended. They're going to be, there's so many things that people, well, the rapture of the church. I don't believe in the rapture. And so we're going to get in it over there. It can be so many just things that can be thrown into your pathway. So be wise and be smart. Amen. Now, again, remember how to handle yourself when you're, um, when you're going to go to someone and you need to talk. Because there are times, see, some people avoid talking. I don't, you know, you can say confrontation, but sometimes it's, it's, that seems to be a harsh word, or at least people take it that way. But sometimes to get 
problems in relationships resolved, you just have to talk about it. I've seen, you know, I've talked to people in, in counseling and, you know, a wife is upset, but they'll never go to the husband. They'll never say some things that they need or some things they need to communicate. Just keep it, keep it, hold it. But you have to communicate. You have to say things, okay? But you have to learn how to say it. You say it kindly. You do this all the time. That'll go over real well at work, wouldn't it? It's your fault we didn't meet that deadline. It may be someone's fault. But you go in and handle it like that, automatically, you know, nobody's receiving, right? Okay, so you've got to go in with kindness, not having anger or hatefulness or bitterness and not wishing ill will on anyone. You've got to hit, now listen, this is, a, this is a hard thing to do. Everybody listening? You've got to hear their side of the story. It's foolishness to answer before you hear both sides, Proverbs talks about. Don't make judgments when you haven't heard the other side. Because if you've ever been in a counseling room and you talk to a wife, and then a little bit later you talk to the husband, first of all, when the wife tells you, you get mad at the husband. I can't believe that. And then, though, when the husband talks to you, then you get mad at the I can't believe she. You understand? you got to hear both sides. And a wise person will do that. So, you, you, you know, when there's offense and you have to go to someone, you need to, be, you need to be open to talk about it, not just sharing your side. See, what we have a tendency to do, and I know this because I'm just like you, we have a tendency as humans to where when we share our side, we just say, Whew, I got that off my chest. And then the other person is talking, and we might as well be saying, la, 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 la. <laughs> I did it. And we're not listening. You know, the Bible talks about be a good listener. Did you know that? It talks about being a good listener. And that is really a skill. That's a godly skill to develop, being able to listen to people. Because sometimes, you know, it's... It, it's like two preachers getting together and we got to tell our stories, you know, tell the biggest. We got the biggest this and, you know, the best that. And we're sharing all of that and we just know, hey, you know, we've impressed them big time. And then they're going to share and it's like our, our mind is off. We're not listening to a word they're saying, you know. <laughs> we, need to, we need to care and be concerned about other people. But here... The other side of the, every time that I do that, that I hear the other side of the story, I, even if I don't agree, I understand why someone did or said what they did. Even though I might not agree that that's the best thing to do or the right thing to do, but I began to see a perspective and it helps me not get and in offense or stay in offense to release it and let it go. Amen? That's very important. Very important. Forgiveness, what, what a godly attribute. 
Galatians 6, 1, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore. And that word restore is like setting a broken bone or a joint that's out of place. Such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you should also be tempted. I think I wanted to share that scripture for this reason. It tells you the spirit to go in when you have to talk to someone, when you have to get something worked out that's not smooth in a relationship, when there's been an offense in a relationship. It just tells you to go. See, there's something broken and it needs to be mended. And you can go in that spirit of meekness. Amen? All right. 1 John 2, 11, it says, whoever hates his brother is in darkness. So when someone offends us and, and it's to the point where it's so entrenched in us that we feel this intense hate begin to rise up. I, I've seen it before. Now I'm talking a lot about marriage tonight, but it's not only inclusive in that, but I've seen men um, with their wives get so upset with them over something that happened and vice versa. The women get so upset and they're, they're obsessed with the offense. They're obsessed with it to the point to where they cannot let it go and they cannot release it and it turns into bitterness and it turns into hate. And I mean, if they just saw the person, it just evokes such hatred and bitterness in them. But I can tell you they didn't start out that way. You remember reading the story about Ruth and Naomi and, and you know, um, Naomi and her husband, they left Bethlehem. I always find it so interesting. Bethlehem means the place of bread. In other words, that's where their provision was. But they left Bethlehem, the place of bread, and they went down to Moab. And when they got down to Moab, their two sons were there and they took, took wives, uh, you know, uh, out of that group of people that they were in. And the two sons died and the husband died. And so Naomi was left there, the two daughter-in-laws. And, you know, and, and, you know, of course, they must have had a good relationship. And she told them, you, you go back to your family, you go back to your, your people, you know. And of course, one did. And then, you know, the story of Ruth, she didn't go back. She said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. You know, that great story that, that we read about in the Bible. But what is so interesting when Naomi and Ruth, they're headed back into Bethlehem and a group of people meet them out there and Naomi is coming back and see all these people knew Naomi, they knew her, but she had changed so much and her countenance had changed so much that Naomi said, don't even call me Naomi anymore because it meant pleasantness. Don't call me pleasant anymore. Just call me Myra, call me bitter, call me bitter. And see, sometimes when we get in offense and unforgiveness and bitterness and all of that, it even changes your countenance. You don't even look and act like the, the last, like you, you did at one time. I have seen it, folks, and I guarantee you it's a spirit that takes over and you begin to conform to that. No more smiles, no more laughing, no more having fun. Because we've got to make a point, bless God. 
We got to stand our ground. We got to be unyielding. Now remember, the bait, that's the bait. And you got to release it. Naomi, you know, got it turned around. Ruth, you know, great story, you know, after that. But I always, I find that very interesting that Naomi had been through, um, you know, evidently, I, it, it almost sounds like to me that maybe she got offended at God because her husband and her two sons were taken. I don't know. But she got over it. And God blessed her life. And great things happen. And that's the wonderful thing about God uh, in Him. We don't have to stay where we are. We can rise up and go forward in Him. Amen. Ecclesiastes 10.4 If the temper of the ruler rises up against you, do not leave your place or show a resisting spirit for gentleness and calmness prevent or put a stop to great offenses. See, we can offense people, uh, or we can offend people that are our supervisors, that are um, in prominent positions, you know, if we do and say certain things. But I love it how it says here, do, you know, if the temper of the ruler rises up against you, if you've done something or said something, or show a resisting spirit, um, he says, for gentleness and calmness, prevent or put a stop to great offenses. It'll just begin to calm, bring peace when you handle it right. And you don't get your temper out there with their temper. Let's match it up. Let's duke it out. You know? I can tell you, if you... I want the Lord to bless me. I hear this. I want the Lord to bless me and I want him to give me favor. Well, how, how are things on your job? I can't stand that, boss. I tell you why. They're working me night and day. They don't appreciate me. That may be true. But you know what? I'd be the best employee in the world regardless and God will pull you out of there if that continued or he would change their attitude and give you a raise and a bonus beside that. Well, I tell you what, I'm supposed to be there at eight o'clock and I am not clocking in one minute before. And when the clock hits five, I'm out of here and don't you ask me to do anything either. That is a real, that's how to win friends and influence people and be a great success, right? I'm telling you some things that are really important. Be the best, be the problem solver in your workplace. Don't be one that contributes to problems. It makes everybody, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, they've caused another mess. They're mad at this one. They're upset. I read something the other day, and I, I, over the years, I've read it a lot of times, but it's just been fresh with me. And I read where the biggest problem in the workplace is people that can't get along with other people. I don't want that to be said about me. Do you? 
I want, I want through the word of God, I want God to take my life like that lump of clay and begin to shape me and mold me. And when I want to get mad and when I want to blow up and when I want to say things, I want him to just begin to mold me because he already has. He already has. Now he's still working on me just like he's working on you. But sometimes we just want to wiggle off of the wheel. You know what I'm saying? The potter's wheel where the shaping and molding happen. And, and see, I don't think that, that that's something that God's going to destroy your life and he's going to destroy. I, I think that is, is he cru you crucify your flesh by yielding and submitting to him and he helps shape and mold your life to be more like Jesus. Christians ought to be different in the workplace, in their marriages, in their church. We ought to be different. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. <laughs>